Hi. On the 8th of December 2020, I made a post uh, both on my personal Facebook page and the Occupied Instagram page about my journey with depression. And a lot of people asked if I could turn that into an episode, elaborate uh, and and share my story a bit. So that's what I'm going to do today. G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. In this podcast, we're aiming to put the occupation in occupational therapy. We explore the people, topics, theories and underpinnings that make this profession so incredible. If you're new here, you can find all of our previous episodes and resources at OccupiedPodcast.com. But for now, let's roll the episode. So in about September, I took a self-portrait. It was black and white. It was just my face. The background was blacked out. Uh, It was dark. It was moody it was me in a depressive episode now I had this thought while I was sitting with that and trying to sort through some emotions and feelings that I was curious as to whether or not I actually looked any different while depressed compared to normal. Um, Depression is something that I am familiar with. I definitely wasn't the first time this has happened. Um, The first time I recall very clearly, well, the first time I recognized it as depression, I recall very clearly. It may have happened before that, and I didn't pick up on it, but the first time that it really, uh, or that it clicked for me was in about 2015, 16. Uh, I was feeling just so low, um, and I, I had constantly put it down to the fact that I wasn't enjoying my work. Uh, I didn't want to go to work. I was feeling bullied at work. I put all of this negative emotion that I was experiencing down to that simple fact. I I can't precisely remember the what triggered it, but I remember the almost lightning bolt realization when I went, holy shit, this is depression. It was eye-opening to me for a number of reasons uh, because it was like an instant shift in all of the emotions that were in my body. So it went from all of these emotions of flatness and sadness and, um, you know, low mood and that kind of stuff. And all of that was like instantly evacuated and replaced by guilt and shame and, I was at the time working clinically as an occupational therapist in a mental health community rehab team 
And I remember thinking, how am I, how am I helping other people if I can't even recognize at the time what I was expressing to myself uh, as like very basic, very, um, very simple depressive symptoms that I would recognize in an instant if it was with anyone else. Uh, but in myself, I, I didn't see it for months. Um, that instant, like, and I'm, I'm talking, it would have been a 10 second moment was both freeing and terrifying at exactly the same time. And unless you've been there, it's so hard to explain what that's like. I all of a sudden had an answer to everything that had been going on for me for a number of months. I all of a sudden knew that there were things that I could actually do to uh assist to manage what had been going on with me um but at that same time i had like i said that that intense guilt and shame like how did i not see this coming like this is what i do for a living how did i of all people how did i not see this so in the the lead up to that and i, I described this in the post um, and I'll share the post in the show notes if you want to have a read and I'll, I'll share the, the, the photos that I'll, I'll talk about in a bit, but I describe the fact that I got to a point where I wasn't feeling anything. I was, I was numb. Um, and, and I was essentially self-aware enough to know that okay say for example that person said something funny i need to laugh at that that's the social convention is to laugh when someone says something funny so i would laugh um but i wasn't actually feeling the the funny so to speak um i describe it as wearing a mask uh, I was essentially putting on a show to hide my own feelings, my own depression from everyone else. I didn't want people to know that I was having a hard time. I didn't want the the uh, the pity, the, oh my God, are you okay? I, I, there is, and this may be one of my own shortcomings, but there is very little that drive me up the wall more than that. Um, I know that it always is coming from a good place and that people do it because they care or they don't realize the stuff's going on. I get that. Um, but for me, and I can't speak for everyone, for me, that that's not what I need. It's not what I want when I'm talking about this kind of stuff. So please don't message me saying, oh my God, are you okay? I'm fine. It's okay. I promise. So I, the very first thing I did um, 
once I had that 10 second sort of realization lightning bolt was I, I was speaking to a friend. I was actually due to meet that friend for a, a coffee. Um, and I, I spilled to her my realization. Um, I built up the, the guts to get over the guilt and shame to actually tell someone. Uh, and she opened up that she understood she had been through similar uh and she gave me probably some of the best advice to this day that I've ever been given and that advice was that at times that point in time being one of them it's okay to be selfish um and I know that is hard for some people because it goes against a lot of things that we're taught and and what we believe and how we should behave towards other people, etc. But the what she was meaning was that there are times when you need to prioritize yourself and you need to say no to other people's stuff. You know, uh, we're in a helping profession. That's one of the main reasons I was in occupational therapy, am in occupational therapy. Um, we're in a profession that we give so much of ourselves and sometimes it's hard to switch that off. Uh, it tends to be the types of personalities that are attracted to that profession, this profession. So it's not just at work that this happens. You know, we are generally fairly giving of our time, of our resources, etc. but that can have a toll on us, especially when we need our energy to focus on us and helping ourselves. So the way I interpret that that advice is it's okay to take back some of that energy of your own and use it on yourself. It's okay to go, no, you know, sorry, I can't help you. you know, move house or whatever I need to look after myself for a bit. I need to, you don't even need, That's the, that was one of the big freeing things, you don't even need to provide an explanation. You are an independent person that needs to look after themselves. So that was some of the best advice. And it's to this day, I've talked to many people. From this post, I had a number of people message me with um, their stories of either being currently in the same situation or having been through it before. And I did have a number of people ask me for advice and that was the exact advice I, I gave to them as well because um, even though it happened, you know, sort of within half an hour of me working it out, it's still to this day some of the best advice that I've ever got uh, with regards to managing this this uh, this demon of sorts. Um. One of the other things, I guess I kind of turned OT on myself to a degree, uh, even though that sounds really cheesy and corny and and whatnot. I, at the time, sort of had a look at my occupations and I, at the time, there was really only one that was making me feel anything. And that was a big thing for me once I'd realized, like, I'm numb, like, I'm not actually feeling anything. Happy, sad, angry, mad, anything at all. Like, it was just nothing. So the only occupation that I was actually feeling anything 
during, which luckily happened to be, um, you know, happiness or joy or whatever you want. It was making me feel good uh, was my, my strength training. So for a period, I put a lot of stuff on hold. I pulled back on a lot of what I call extracurricular OT activities. Um, so things that I would classify, like this podcast, I would classify as an extracurricular OT activity. Things that are OT related but aren't necessarily your job. Uh, I used to run, I still do, um, like Facebook groups. Uh, I used to be involved in online conferences and I used to be involved in our national association and our state association and all that. And I pulled out of damn near everything, everything. I tried to free up as much of my energy and my time that I could then redirect into me. And I ended up training more. I did the the thing that was actually making me feel good, that was making me feel something, which I don't think is uncommon, but I think what you'll find is that for some people, it's not always uh, things that make them feel good that are the things that are making them feel. Sometimes people have maladaptive coping mechanisms where... For example, something like cutting might be the only thing that will make a person actually feel anything. So that's what they end up doing more of. So luckily, that's one area where my clinical experience did help guide me and I was very aware of maladaptive coping mechanisms, etc. So that wasn't something that I was going to uh, do per se. Um, And I did that for a while. And what you find is if you are spending more time of your, so, you know, you've got a a finite number of, say, hours in your week. If you're spending more of those hours happy, then I guess your average happiness is going to go up. Um, when that happens, you start to feel better overall. It kind of leaves like a happiness impression on you. On you, um, And what you'll find eventually is after doing that for a while, there are going to be other activities that emerge that will start to make you feel. Um they will make you not necessarily always feel good, but you might all of a sudden, things might start annoying you, which is what happened to me. And initially I was did the typical thing and I got annoyed, but then after, after a couple of times I'm like, no, wait a minute, this is something I haven't actually felt in ages. Like this is, as weird as it sounds, this is a good thing. This is progress. <laughs> this is me moving forward. So then you can, uh, I guess, build on your strengths to start filling your week with more and more things that make you feel good. Um, One of the things that I wasn't able to shift was that work situation. Um... So as we know, as all good OTs, we can either change the occupation, we can change the environment, uh, or we can change the person. 
Uh, I tried a number of things to change the person, me, to be able to increase the occupational performance of that occupation. Uh, Did not work, unfortunately. Uh, I ended up changing the environment. I left that job and moved on. And uh, it was a decision that had to be made obviously with my partner because it was a big decision because it was a really good job. Uh, it was well-paying, it was secure. Um, but the decision we came to was that no amount of money is worth being sad. Like if you don't want to go to work every day, if you if it's a struggle to drag yourself out of bed, it's not worth it. Uh, you're better off you know, being on unemployment and actually being happy than to put yourself through that. And I think that's a very Western culture thing to essentially work ourselves to death, which is just dumb when you actually frame it out and look at it from a distance. But most of us are too close to it to actually recognize that. Anyway, so I moved on. That situation was then remedied as well. So, um... I was then, you know, doing something that I actually enjoyed. I went into teaching. uh, And again, my week was then even more filled with activities that I actually enjoyed, that made me feel good, that made me feel. um, And my average happiness, uh, as I seem to have adopted the term, went up. And that's sort of gradually, slowly how I started to bring myself out of that initial depressive episode. Now, since that time, I've had a couple. um, And it's been the same process to come out of them. But what you learn is with each one, I seem to be getting better and better at actually identifying it beforehand. Um, you catch it earlier, you put things in place earlier, you may already have some preventative things in place, uh, to, you know, stop you getting as low as you have been, but it, it's still going to happen. It's, it's seemed for me anyway, I know not for, for some people it seems to be, uh, I guess more of a trigger thing. For me, it seems more of a cyclic thing. So whether it's hormones or brain chemicals or whatever it is, I don't know. Um, All I know is my experience of it. So the photo that I mentioned at the start, so the last episode that I had was around September-ish, um... I took that photo because I had had a couple of these episodes before I caught it much earlier and almost immediately I already knew that I was going to come out of it, which was a big big shift from the, the last couple. Like I already knew straight away I'm coming out of this. And I took that photo almost as like a future plan. Because even in my head when I was taking that photo, I'm like, I will compare it to another photo that I will take in the future when I'm feeling better. Um, 
previously I don't even think I would have been able to get my head around that concept of when I'm feeling better in the future. Um, so to me, again, that's growth. That's progress in how I manage it. Um, the interesting thing, I guess, I, I, I when I took the second photo, I hadn't hadn't thought about it in a while. But I I made the first photo my Facebook profile picture um, because again I knew that there's no end like definite end point where you go yep okay depression's over um it just kind of fades away and because you're immersed in your own life quite often you don't notice it and i knew that would happen so i made the photo my facebook profile photo now granted i don't go often and look at my own facebook profile um photo very often but it got to about the 8th of december when I made this post and I caught a glimpse of it and went, ah, oh. had to sit back, had to reflect and went, yeah, I'm actually feeling really good. So I took the second photo uh, just to compare and, and see if there was any difference. I applied the same editing to the second photo as I did the first, like identical, like I literally in Lightroom copied it and pasted it onto the other photo, all the settings, I mean. Um, I tried in both photos to not pull any kind of um, expression or anything like that. It was meant to be just my resting face uh, and the 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 same edit. So essentially, I tried to make the photos conditions as similar as possible, so I could really just see if there was any difference. Uh, in how I looked between them. And um, for me, I can see a massive difference. And I had a lot of comments from other people saying they could also see a massive difference. Um, a lot of comments about my eyes. And, like, I can see other differences, like, um, you know, I just look sad in <laughs> the first one. Like, a turned-down mouth, furrowed brow, that kind of thing. Um, I, a little puppy dog eyes i just looked down um which you know i was so there's no shock there but even the clarity of my skin is different but the biggest difference i noticed and that obviously other people noticed because they were messaging me about it um was my eyes which i found really fascinating because eyes i think you don't often think that they change they're just there um, you know, they're a certain color and unless you get, you know, I don't know, cataracts or something, you don't often think about them changing, but there is a, a, a definite difference. I can't even pinpoint what exactly the difference is. And I'll, I'll post the photos, uh, in the show notes so you can have a look as well. And if you can work out what exactly the difference is, then please do tell me. Um, but they definitely do look different. So... I think one of the, the big reasons why I made that post was I wanted to normalize the conversation 
Uh, I wanted people to be able to talk about their own mental health. We have public mental health awareness days in Australia. I know we've got Are You OK Day and that kind of stuff where you're meant to check in on your mates and make sure they're doing okay and that kind of stuff, which is cool. That's fine. But it, that kind of thing is is set up because people aren't reaching out themselves when they need it. I made that post in the hope of at least showing someone, one person, if it, if it was one person that took this away from it, then I'm over the moon. But showing one person that it's okay to talk about your own mental health. Like, you don't have to. There, there is no shame, no guilt around, uh, you know, not having a great time at some point in your life. Like, it happens. It's normal. It does happen to people. And the sooner we get out of this, like, cycle, not cycle, but we get out of this habit of, you know, feeling guilt and shame, like I immediately did when I first realized what was going on with me. And the sooner we get out of that, the sooner people will be able to ask for help, the sooner the conversations uh, will turn supportive and not judgmental the sooner services will start getting funded for actually helping people um the the better and the the mentally healthier our population's gonna be and if i can help make that a thing within my friend group within my peers group uh within you guys then why wouldn't i why wouldn't I at least try? So it's definitely something I'm very passionate about. I've spoken a lot about mental health on this podcast. I've brought people in with lived experiences of all different diagnoses. Uh, and now I guess you've got a bit about my lived experience. So I'm keen if you do want to contact me, if you want to have a chat, feel free. I practically live on Instagram. You can get me in there on the Occupied Podcast Instagram. Um, if you have considered doing, I don't know if anyone has you know done this sort of pre and post photo thing before, but if you've considered doing it or if you've done it, um, hit me up. Let me know. I, I'm I'm keen to see. Uh, and if you can see. Or if you can work out what the differences is in between the two photos, then yeah, please do hit me up and let me know. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. I'm sure you're sick of my rambling, but uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for always supporting this this podcast. It it does mean a lot to me. Uh, you guys are the reason why I've done this for so many episodes now and, and continue to and have no plan to stop. So um, props to you and uh, thank you very much. If you liked this episode and want to check out more, head over to OccupiedPodcast.com or search Occupied Podcast in your favorite podcasting app. If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you've got some value from this and you want to help 